1: Coming
2: to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. All right, let's bring on Joel and Dennis here. Good morning, guys. And also, I just want to say for the chat, we did put the chat on subscriber-only mode today, which means you just have to be a subscriber to our YouTube channel to participate. We uh, are not really in the mood for any crap in the chat this morning. So if we see anything, we're just going to be dropping the band hammer on you. Um, Anything uh, that pisses us off, frankly. Uh so you've been warned but uh good morning guys um I will admit I uh am a little bit taken aback at at the price action overnight apparently the market is also surprised by the fact that uh things have escalated here overnight
3: I I mean we just got to put it in perspective here and I think we should yeah. just start with that that I cannot even believe the videos that i'm seeing coming i had no idea they were going to start dropping bombs everywhere um i'm in shock by that like you say invasion what does that mean what does that really mean okay well we're going to move in you know we're going to do some i did not anticipate like the first day and they're just going to start bombing everything i mean i'm absolutely taken back i feel so sorry for anybody who's got family the people of ukraine I mean, we're a stock show. We're going to talk stocks here today, but like I'm really, really, you know, just saddened about the whole thing. Like you watch those videos and it really gives you perspective and you can say, oh my goodness, I'm losing a lot of money today. I mean, it's not even about that. It's, you know, there's so much more important things in life. And these people, you know, in Ukraine are, you know, getting their lives basically taken away from them. So I don't even know what to say. I've never, you know, I don't know. I don't think I've you know seen this. So I don't even know what to say.
4: Yeah, I'll just, um, you know, there, there's times when, you know, we talk about technical analysis and then there's times when we talk about fundamental analysis. Uh, but um, we're a point where really neither of those matter um, as far as, uh, you know, what's going on in the markets. There's no there's no script for this. Yeah, um, I'll no just give for you. This. Yeah, I'll just give you. You know, the net change because that that's really all that matters here. And uh, the SPs are down 100, 104 handles at forty one eighteen. Uh, that's uh, two point four uh, five percent. Crude did get over a hundred. That's up seven twenty nine and uh, ninety nine thirty nine. Uh, we have uh, gold. Well, gold is acting as a safe haven that it's supposed it to is. act as. Yep, it's yeah. up fifty four ninety at nineteen sixty five twenty. Uh, silver that's in the green too. That's up seventy seven cents at uh, twenty five thirty eight. Uh, not good for Bitcoin here. Uh, if you were looking at that as a as a safe haven, that's down it's nearly twenty five hundred dollars at uh, thirty five one hundred. And Ethereum that's down over ten percent at twenty three fifty and. Uh, we can just go into, you know, the rest of the stocks, Um, you know, if we're not going to talk technically and we're not going to talk. Well, we can, we can <laughs> talk technically
3: and we're going to sure. talk stocks here and we might as well get into it. I mean, this is what the show is about. Um, You know, I got it dead wrong yesterday. I did not anticipate, you know, face it, what everything that's transpired here in the last 24 hours. I thought, you know, maybe we'll start nibbling in some stocks, you know, maybe. I like the response to the futures yesterday. They were holding up strong, considering that, you know, it sounded like invasion was imminent. But, you know, this was not the, the case, obviously. It got worse, and the negative headlines from Ukraine just kept coming all day, and the market just kept obviously getting hammered on it. We've taken out all support here. Um, they've come for the big guns now as well. I mean, they, sure. Apples were holding up well three days ago and Microsoft were holding up fairly well. They've come for those soldiers as well. So, they're they're selling everything. I mean, and then you can come to Tesla. I mean, Tesla, maybe we should start with that one because it has been absolutely hammered in the last seven weeks. $1,200. Now $700, talking about a 40, over a 40% fall in basically just Jan- January and February. So, there is a lot of carnage here happening now and some of the big guns as well. Um, I don't know. like, it, like, As a long-term investor, you start nibbling on some stocks here. I think you do your homework. I think if you're sitting a lot of cash, I still think you do. I think you start nibbling. I think I will put some of my cash to work here. But I'm... you've got to keep dry powder because if you're all all in right now, it's real ugly. So the more cash you have, the more money you're saving right now to invest at a later time. And is this thing going to end tomorrow? Is this going to end? I mean, are the negative headlines? Is this as bad as it's going to get? I'm scared it's not. So that's why it's it's hard to just come in here and go all in again. Can you nibble here? If you got some companies you like, I think you can. But be prepared. You're probably going to lose some money, at least in the short term. I mean, you know, on paper they they always say the market is
2: forward-looking. Clearly, did not see, see this coming. If it had, no, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be reacting to the way it was this morning. I mean, yeah. every single global market is down, with the exception of well, is is Brazil even open yet? Uh, Brazil looks like Brazil. Every every everything's down. Everything's down. Every yeah, exactly. every global market, every global index, every major – it's all down. Yeah. Uh, as Joel said, right, oil and crude and, and gold are higher, right? And that's basically what you've got here this morning. Um, so if if the market didn't see this coming, what else hasn't it seen coming? I am – I I feel like I, I'm, I'm in – we're in no position – to come in and start buying anything, and I know the commodities are higher. Let's let's acknowledge that. Yeah, oh for sure. Cross the board are higher. Every it's not even just gold. And oil. Yeah. Every commodity under the sun right now is trading higher. Uh, you can look at you know uh, the grains, the softs, the metals, whatever. They're all higher. Um, but I don't know how you come in today and just buy anything. Frankly,
3: it I depends think. on your positioning. I I mean, if you have a lot of cash, you can. I think you can. I think I'm going to put a little bit of cash to work today. But am I going all in? No. Again, I think the negative headlines bring us probably lower yet. We've taken out all support. So it all depends. As a trader, no, I'm not taking any longs. You know, I tried a couple yesterday, stopped out immediately. As a long-term investor, everything that I've bought in 2022, I'm down it. Except mm-hmm. Win Resorts. I think that's the only one. But I bought like four or five stocks. You know, I was at 42% cash. I think when we started the year, I brought it down to 35% cash. That's 7% that I put to work. I'm down in all that stuff. You know, I bought some emerging markets funds down. I bought some Square. You know, I got up quickly in it. Now I'm hammered in it. So I bought, I can't remember. There's about three or four other stocks. I know I bought Win, and that one was a good one. Virtue Financial, I bought that was a good one too. But I mean, it's tough. The tape is bad. I mean, it's an ugly tape. If you're a long-only trader, you're really going to struggle in this environment. As But as, you know, looking at it from you know the, from a market's perspective here, I mean, there's opportunities. I mean, there is. There's going to be some stocks that are getting killed, you know, today. And maybe they shouldn't be getting killed. And maybe we got to try to explore those stocks. Do I want to jump in oil stocks now, though? Do I want to jump in gold stocks? I think you're chasing it at this point. I don't know. Like maybe oil's going to go to one hundred and fifty. Maybe all these oil stocks are just going to continue to explode. But I, I don't know. Like you don't know the next headline. You don't it, know the news flow where it's going. We don't know.
2: It, it, it's hard to separate your emotions because on the one hand, I'm feeling very down today. Mostly not about the markets at all, but I'm just feeling down about you know the events and what's happening in Ukraine. Yeah, for sure. And I'm trying not to let that color. My core belief that in the long term, the markets survive and they go higher. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic and overly panicky and telling everyone to sell everything because I I still believe that. Well, I think if you're it,
3: selling today, you're doing it wrong.
2: Markets go higher, stocks go higher. the it survived every event that's been thrown at it in the history of mankind, or at least since you know since the Great Depression, more or less. Um, we've got you know. A Fed that is is accommodate well, less accommodative, but still accommodative in uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, Markets go higher. Stocks go higher. I still believe in investing, and I believe that this too shall pass. But it's hard to separate that from my just general mood this morning, which
3: is super down. Well, well, let's put that in perspective, too, Spencer. I mean, if you believe that markets in the long run do go higher, and in the case of Japan, it is not the case. Sorry to say, but we never got back to the 1993 highs. So it's not necessarily true that all markets will continue to go up forever. Um, But if you think you're on the U.S. markets, and if you're Canadian, Canadian markets, U.S. markets, North American markets, if you think, you know, eventually markets track higher, why would you not be buying today? Why would you, if you're a long-term investor, why would you not, you know, if you're 35% cash like me, would you put 2% to work today? maybe yes i should i should specify not
2: everything always comes back you we all know this right well that's
3: the scary thing is people don't realize they think one stock doesn't come back this is japan the nikkei topped out i believe in 1993 or 1995 and we're still over 50 percent off those highs so these speculative bubbles sometimes don't come back very quickly so don't just say okay everything's gonna come back but i'm i'm on board with you spencer i'm a long-term believer that 25 years from now, markets are going to be higher. Should we be looking? What stocks should we be looking at today? That maybe has just gotten ridiculously you know what, overdone. I mean, you can. I, to, I
2: was saying that the Kathy has have been
3: I ridiculously the, overdone. To
2: correct the record, the Nikkei did make it back uh last year it, to the highs. Yeah,
3: I don't think so. Uh, it was forty? It's like forty thousand. Let's just see. I I think that is wrong, Spencer. Maybe the chat.
2: I mean, I'm looking at the Nikkei. Nikkei, two, the Nikkei 225 all-time high. And the high from 91, and they made it back there last year. Or the it year did before.
3: finally make it back? Yes. You may be right. It took 30 years. But Now, the highest the Nikkei has ever been is 38,957 in December 29th of 1989. All right, then I'm looking at a different Today, we are 25,000. Right. Right. Okay. So well, they, I
2: believe. Well, like my chart doesn't even go back that far. So Yeah, far. 1989.
3: 1989. Fine. This isn't that's insane to think about though. Like, if you were investing in 1989 in Japanese stocks, you are 30 years later and you are still down money. So, in some cases, you know, things don't always come back. But in our cases, we're going to go on this, we're not going to say we're not coming back. I'm going to go on your train. I'm going to say, yes, eventually we're going to make new all time highs. Is it going to be this year? Probably not. Is it going to be next year? Probably not but I think eventually here we are going to make new all-time highs. So I'm sitting with some cash. Maybe I do put a little bit to work today. Mr. Alcon, what are your thoughts? I think it's impossible
4: to say that the market is going to make all t- in in any kind of time frame, you know, 5, 10 years, 25 years. I think we will. Years. But, but- in, in, in 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 well, based on the, based on the evidence and the circumstances that we have right now, I think it's absolutely impossible to say that.
3: Well, we don't know anything for sure, certain, but I'm going to make a bet that markets will again make new all-time highs at a certain point in time. And by that bet is I stay invested. If I thought we weren't coming back, I'd sell all my stocks, move 100% cash, and buy a bunker, and just, yeah, that's it, I guess. But I think we eventually are going to go back to new all-time highs. That's why I stay long-term invested. Yes. I have a lot of cash. This is a significant amount of cash at thirty-five percent. You know, for my age, forty-five years old. If I went to a, you know, a money yes. manager and they said you were sitting in thirty-five percent cash, like, what are you doing? Yes. So should I put some of that cash to work today? Maybe I should just buy, you know, an index. Maybe I should. Maybe you should go and look at some of these world markets that are really getting hammered. I mean, Germany's down five percent today. Yeah. Maybe you should look at a stock like Deutsche Bank. I mean, DB. Let's give you a stock. Twelve dollars major support for this thing. We were in a rising interest rate environment, which was going to be good for this. Up till two weeks ago, this stock was just a monster. Are they going to raise rates 16, now? Well, I mean, is that a slam They're, ra- they're going to raise a quarter. That, that's another no. conversation too. I think they're going the quarter, but I, I, I think half. I do want to point out. I do want to
2: point out that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that CME FedWatch tool. And the market is reacting to this to these events in real time here. The odds of a quarter point rate hike at the March meeting yesterday were like ninety-nine point nine percent. This morning, eighty-six so percent. Not that, even a hundred percent to go. Not even a hundred percent to go. Quarter That's point. It's good
3: for March. a lot of stocks. I it, mean, I said it yesterday, obviously a day early, but it's still good for a number of stocks. I mean, and and, and they're, they're, now- the, the nine and, and, and Muhammad Alarian was on CNBC this morning. And I tell you one thing, we've had Muhammad on the show too. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of talking heads out there. He knows Muhammad him. knows his stuff better than almost anyone. He is he's very smart. He very you know, he's very informed. And the stuff he was talking about is scary this morning. But he said this morning Eight or nine rate hikes is completely off the table. Where JP Morgan was talking eight or nine, he's like, that's not even in the realm of possibilities, what he said on CNBC this morning. And I completely agree. I think you're going to get – we said all along. I think you get three or 4 they um, You're not going to get a ton of rate hikes. The geopolitical risks are significant. He's talking about stagflation, though, and that's a big word, and it's too. It's not right. just him.
2: Bank of America also is swung out with a note on st- – I mean, yeah, they're the, the dropping the S word, which is extra scary. Yes, right? Yeah. extra scary prices going up and the economy um uh
3: inflation uh, it, uh, high in, the, in, a, in a contracting economy yeah yeah extra that scary. sounds horrible i don't think we've ever had that
2: yeah vegas the stag word is flying this i course. don't
3: have we ever had that in the u.s like maybe um, we've got to go back a lot of years i don't have experience with stagflation we, i know they've talked about i don't know did, before, did we but... have it did we have it in the 70s I don't know. I don't know either.
2: Yeah. So the big thing here is the unemployment, right? Unemployment isn't getting bad. That's the focus here for stagflation. Other than that, you can watch uh, to see if you see that unemployment numbers start getting bigger. That would get us into the stagflation. Uh, I
3: think we did have it in the mid to late seventies. There was in the U.S.
2: The, uh, there was stagflation.
3: So, and they had uh, a twelve-year spell in nineteen sixty-eight, the Dow Jones, I believe, hit one thousand, and then it never hit it again till nineteen eighty. There was a twelve-year period where U.S. stock markets it took twelve years to make a new high. Are yeah. we going into that kind of a period? No, but I think we're going into a multi-year period because we've seen this. You know, we saw it with the Nasdaq, where it took twelve years from the tech bubble burst to come back to new highs. I think. I think that you got to be cautious, and I think if you're all in this market, you've got to use rallies to sell. So I guess it's all about your individual positioning. You're sitting with a lot of cash, maybe using dips to buy. You're sitting with a lot of stocks, you've got to use the rips to sell. And if you're on margin right now, I don't know what you're doing.
4: I think well, we, we we've talked about this a lot too. And where are you at in your investing horizon? That and uh, you know, um, and I know we have people of all different. Uh, ages. I think we could probably have a younger uh, male demographic here but um, who knows I'm sure we don't want to offend anybody but uh, I think if you've been at the market for a long time and investing in different things I don't I don't think that you know in your near retirement or a big investment I don't think you look at the buy button at all you know in this kind of situation and also if you look at just things on a, like a longer term perspective, yeah, you know, we've pulled back. I mean, look at this SP P monthly chart. I mean, that is, you know, the move that we've had off the COVID yeah. lows. It's
3: unbelievable. I mean, it's yeah, unbelievable.
4: That's just an un, I mean, you know, and I doubted it at,
3: you know, 3500. man.
4: And I doubted it at 4000, and I doubted it at 4500. Yeah. That um,
3: just gives you perspective that this may just be getting started for the big caps, the mega caps. We've had a massive, like, and if you bring up, obviously, a lot of smaller companies, you bring up a lot of storied stocks, the charts look much different. But we know this market has been held up by the major soldiers like the Apples and the Amazons and the Microsofts and the Googles for a very long time, and they are starting to crack. If they decide to come for those soldiers, the 3,500 number you're talking about, Joel, is not off the table. So, I think I am, and, and there's people that are going to say it. I heard, you know, CNBC commentators saying it just a little bit ago. I don't think I'm coming in and buying Apple here today. I already own Apple. I don't think I'm buying, you know, I think if I'm buying anything, I'm doing evaluation. I'm looking and maybe some beaten down names, baby with the bathwater type thing. Maybe just indexing because it's just tough to just call a specific stock right now. But I, I like the Deutsche Bank. I think I'm buying banks on That's weakness here because I do think interest rates are still t- trickling higher. Um, banks are making basically new lows on the move. It's incredible. But Bank yeah. America just Well, it's not just it, it, high. It's, it's all the European banks,
2: Dennis. is Credit Suisse. It's Deutsche Bank. It beat Barclays had earnings. It's our banks too. Well, yeah, it's everything. I mean, <laughs>
3: yeah. it's the U.S. banks as well. I mean, they've come down. I mean, they're they're fairly cheap. They've been cheap. They've been cheap for a long time. The U.S. banks. I don't. That's where I'm looking at. A little bit of exposure is some of the financials. But I again, to Joel's point is that chart scares me and maybe I don't want to add any exposure. Maybe I just want to stay 35% cash. I really don't know. I don't know long-term. I think this market's very difficult to call. I think you can trade it. I think you know there's going to be some rips to sell. You're going to use those opportunities to short stocks or to potentially get out of some positions. I think you're going to have some more, obviously, bad headlines coming out. There's going to be continued dips. Do I think we're crashing here? I don't think we're in a crash mode. I think there will be, you know, some buyers to come in here eventually. But FOMO is not apparent right now in my Twitter feed. And it's not apparent, and that's kind of scary because it's been this buy the dip mentality that makes us keep coming back, keep coming back. We've kind of broke that, We've kind of broke that buy the dip mentality, and that's why you can get these follow throughs and the bounces aren't as like they used to be. You know what, Dennis? I want to give you credit
2: because you talked me into palantir yesterday. Thanks, thanks for thank you very much for that. Although Again,
3: I'm, I'm going to get stopped out this morning. So, yeah. it's not, it's this not, is the day, though. This yeah. was the day you're supposed to be buying Palantir now that she's done selling. <laughs> yeah. She finished up last night. All right. So, it's supposed yeah. to be after the close today. So, well, 960. I didn't
2: account for a for a war, Dennis. I don't
3: own Palantir at all. <laughs> and I think if you got anything on for a trade, you got to stop yourself out. I have no oh, yeah. swing longs on. Um, I had a couple on yesterday, stopped out on both of them um i tried a firm stopped out on that because it held up well for a couple days around the 36 i thought it was maybe going to hold and then it cracked and broke i mean as a trader it's all about protecting your capital it's about little losers so even though i'm wrong on a lot of calls yesterday and i'm losing money in my long-term portfolio but in the short-term trading account yeah um i take my two percent losers and i was air i had a firm i had arc i took those losses as soon as they start making new lows you got to get out as soon as they start breaking down the new lows you know say okay i'm wrong try again and that's what it is all about protecting capital as a trader mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. uh i do want to uh at some point maybe we could do it now uh, move on to earnings we're gonna have uh jc peretz on in 12 oh, or so minutes goodness. <laughs> and,
3: um, jc and, will be pumped
2: and uh peter me on nine Um uh, a fun game I was playing last night with the earnings reports is I was going through the uh, the calendar, looking at every stock to report, not even looking at the numbers and saying, hey, I bet you this one is down. Oh, it is. I bet you this one is down. Oh, it is. Yeah. Because every stock that reported earnings last night was down. Yeah. The, there was one I found that wasn't, and that was uh, Clover Health. And that's now come back down to where it was. So uh, those games. over and Alto.
4: But every
2: it. single. I, I want to start with eBay and Boba. Because those are the big ones overnight here. Sure. Um, eBay. Again, I don't even. It doesn't even matter. The numbers, what the numbers even numbers matter. Are. They are meaningless.
3: Yeah. If you're just but, randomly shorting stocks into the reports. Or shorting stocks after the report on the pops. It's I'm not even going to really give you the numbers. Because
2: well. the numbers don't matter. Yeah. The stock is going to trade down regardless. Yeah. So and but look at Alibaba. Alibaba was up. How high was Baba this morning? How high did Baba get? Someone said. Uh, Somebody bought
3: Baba on those numbers. Yeah. Oh yeah. They oh, were yeah, horrible, weren't they, do they? Don't we can't be buying. In my opinion, you can't be buying any stocks on an earnings beat. Look at Upstart. Before we get into these, look look at Upstart. Great report. Goes out rallies 50 percent. Basically, fifty percent from from one hundred and nine yeah. up to one hundred and fifty seven dollars. Oh, yeah. Call it forty five percent. All the way back. Three days later, it gives it all back. That's the kind of market. That was a great report. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We care zero. They just sell stocks. It's just not so, that. I mean, it's you know,
4: Google. That, that's
3: unbelievable, though. That a stock will rally forty or fifty percent on a report, and three days later gives it all back. It's never. That's the one thing working against the bearish thesis. Is this has never been easier for the shorts? It's never been easier. You're shorting a rip, and then they just instantly make money. It doesn't even matter what it is. And I don't know. It's never been that easy on the short side. So I got to think eventually they're going to make it tougher on the short side, which makes me think we will have some wicked Who's short squeezes here. Who's they?
0: Know. The
3: market is they. Someone... The market. Okay. The market is they. Somebody's coming in here and buying. I don't know who, uh, but there's always
2: a buyer out there. I just don't know where they are. There's always
3: a buyer for every seller. But what right. I'm saying is... It's been very difficult. If you're buying these rips, you know, like Google announced everything, did everything right, gives it all back, making new lows on the move uh, three weeks later. It seems like the stocks that disappoint go down and keep going down. The stocks that beat go up, but then three days later, they go back down. So either way, the shorts are winning on all those, which is insane. I've never seen a market that, you know, like to sell on the pops, sell the rips. Selling the rips in 2022 has worked the best I've ever seen in my 22 year trading career. It's it's worked better than anything. I can't believe that you know every single stock that bounces even immediately gets sold. Even at the tuna home depot, which was a great report. It was up $15 on that. They could yeah they hold did say something minutes.
4: about margins on that that's
3: all garbage Joel when they talk about it. That's all that is is media. When all that is, is media justifying the price after the fact. And they will look through the report and try to find anything they can. Why is Home Depot down? Find me a fundamental reason. Because you know awesome. what? I get reporters calling me. Well, they don't want to hear anything technical. They don't want to hear everybody selling everything. They want a fundamental reason that they can print. So all that is, is, and Kramer does it all the time too. They'll find the fundamental reason to try to justify bad price action. When it's just bad price action. I'm sure JC is in this be an interesting conversation to have with him too. But sometimes it's just bad price action, and the company really didn't do anything bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, take Papa John's here today. They'll find a reason that Papa John's is down 10%. But in all likelihood, it's just bad price action. It's bad price action. It was down into the report. It doesn't even matter. We're just selling everything. It's a bad day for anything to reporting earnings. But I'll tell you, the media will try to justify every move with a fundamental reason when sometimes it's just bad price action. I mean, yeah, the numbers don't
2: matter. You can look at any. I mean, and John's, the numbers this morning were pretty good. Who cares? Doesn't
3: matter. Yeah. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. Yeah. They hammered this thing down to $81. That was an overshoot. That's to the point of ridiculousness. Um, It's 94 now. They literally hit this down to eighty one dollars. There was a trade. There's a trade. It was only four or five hundred shares, right? Not much.
4: Eighty
3: one oh nine. Jeez, man. They hit it down to eighty one oh nine. Papa John, let's hit it down twenty five bucks. It's pizza. Okay, so there is opportunities, you know, on the dips. That was just ridiculous. Is it coming back all the way? Well, no, nothing seems to, but 95 feels I, a lot better than 81. Well, I don't even know what to say, though. Like, We with, will echo the sentiment.
2: I think we said this yet. Yeah, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, or uh, I feel like I have. If you're going to buy anything now, you are got to be prepared for the fact that you're going to lose money in the short term. You're going to probably. lose money in the coming days, weeks, yeah. maybe even months. Uh, you will. If you buy now, you will lose money. That's just, in, in, you know, the exceptions to that are like the, the defense stocks, right? We, we know, you know, Lockheed Martin's up today. We know uh, Raytheon, L3 Harris, all those guys. Uh, the staples have been holding up relatively well compared to the other rest of the market, but even they're down today. Um, and then commodities, which we've talked about, but you got to be prepared. If you're going to buy anything, you, you, you got to know what you're in for. You're in for a a tough go of it in the next few days, weeks, months. And
3: do I want to chase all those things? I mean, there's FOMO. So I shouldn't say FOMO. FOMO is there in the commodities now. There is FOMO, and there is chasing going on the same herd that's like, oh, my goodness, i got to go get into this. I mean, when the FOMO ends, that stuff comes back in, too. The problem is with those, you know, is that, you know, Chevron, so they don't trade crazy valuations. You know, Lockheed Martin, which is a stock I had in my portfolio for a long time, it's still got 2.81% dividend. Now, you know, you're talking about you know, war and stuff. So, obviously, these stocks are going to go higher. So, understanding those relationships help you to make money in the short term. But long term, I don't know if you're coming and in investing in some of these things at these prices. But I, it's been working short term. Yeah.
4: I mean, it looks like Tricky wheat's, market. wheat's limit up, it looks like. In the oh. Yeah, wheat's li- 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 limit up and I think corn's limit up.
3: Those those limits are tight though too, Joel. So it's not they they do. I mean those limits are tight. I think we've had Rocky Horner on here talking about that before, haven't we? Wasn't she the one that? Uh, that am I getting it wrong?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, Maybe I, it I, wasn't Rocky.
3: I can't remember what you said
2: about the limits specifically. They're but, tight. Okay.
3: Like I mean, lumber futures hit limit like when they were doing. They were hitting limit every day there for a while. So I mean, the, the some of those features, some of those futures limit limit up, limit down are tight. I mean S P futures. What is the limit down, Joel? Here on S and P futures, seven percent. It's seven, and that's intraday as well. Yeah, yeah. When did they widen them so much? The higher we go. Yeah, but it was it wasn't seven percent before. Was it seven yes, percent? It, it, it was during COVID. It was seven percent. I think was it five? Well, I, thought I thought it was, it was five, five for some reason. Maybe I feel like they
4: widened. We, it. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: well, there's different there's different
3: limits for the the futures and for the Yes, yeah, because remember, yeah, there is, oh yeah, because you have the circuit breakers, I mean the stocks are way different, but the futures, I guess, you know, that's what we were saying, the futures are trading efficiently, and then they'd open at 9.30 and they'd halt all the stocks five minutes yeah. because of the stupid limit down things, which was ridiculous. So yeah, Anthony verifies it is 7%, so futures are 7%. The stocks, individual stocks are different, um, we know um, it depends, it's 3%, 5%, 10%, circuit breakers are all different there, so... In a lot of cases, it's ten percent on some individual stocks, on the indices, on the SPY. I can't remember what they are. Is it five? I can't even remember. No,
2: it's it's that there's more. That, that's a great point. Thank you from the chat. It, there's more than one circuit breaker. The first one is seven. The second one is five.
3: That's what you're thinking of. Thank you, Anthony. Okay. Oh, is that where we're getting the five from? So it's yeah. seven. That's Anthony. Great, great job. So it's seven. The first one's seven. The next one's five. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. After so, that. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been two years since we've had to deal with that. When COVID, but, uh, we were hitting the seven percent. We'd oh, open and oh, oh, boom, yeah. the futures closed, seven percent. So it's spy that was trading efficiently. I'm getting it backwards. Spy was trading efficiently after hours, and then because there's no there's no circuit breakers after hours on uh, on individual, individual individual stocks. There is it when was you start the regular session. It was every day for like a week, uh, in March of 2020, where
4: where we were opening and just let me down. Right,
2: yeah, right off right
3: yeah. Halting for the uh, first core five CPI
4: minutes. out, Dennis. I don't, I really don't think <laughs> people really care. Did it happen? It. Yeah. 5%. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. Yeah. Jobless claims are out. Core CPI is out. I, again, I don't know. Nothing's matter. Yeah. Now. Once again, now, all that matters yeah, is Ukraine has trumped
3: not, all now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Ukraine. It's, um,
2: I
3: mean, I, it's amazing yeah. how the news flow changes and what's important no, in the market I know. and understanding that. And you called this, you and Mitch called this early that this Ukraine situation. The market was, you know, eventually going to be worried about this. And we challenged it for a bit. But I tell you, right now, this Ukraine situation is, you know, all the market cares about at this point in time. I'm getting
4: an interesting, I saw an interesting stat. And if you look at the the return over the market over the last decade, you know, over the last 10, 10, 12 years, we've had pretty unbelievable returns right on a yearly basis Too much. sure 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 yeah much. so like 15 16% so if we yeah. if we had a a 0% return for 10 decades then that would bring us back more down to the historical norm of 8 or 9% so <laughs> that that's courtesy of my uh one of my friends i, ryan, I didn't i didn't make that up and i'm not that smart but ryan ryan Dietrich
2: tweeted a chart this morning of uh the, the s&p 500 returns after major geopolitical events um when those events occur near a recession and not near a recession the what's ryan line, saying the well the bottom line is and this is what his chart says is if you have a ma- major geopolitical event um, such as the one we're, we're in right now, and it occurs near a recession, then 12 months later, the markets are lower. But if it doesn't occur near a uh, recession... Oh, no. Come on. I mean, what was that show? Uh, where, um, if it doesn't occur near a recession, yeah, then 12 months later, the markets are higher.
4: What was that show? What, um, it wasn't, the, obviously, the $64,000 question. There was another one where you make a million... What was it? And they asked all these questions, and you could call somebody... You had a lifeline.
3: Oh come on! Who wants to be a who millionaire? Wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> who wants to
4: be millionaire? Right now, <laughs> my lifeline would be I'd call Ryan Dietrich. That's well, what be the I, first. Ryan's going to say
2: that I want Ryan. What
4: I said. Can we is get Ryan? He's probably on like every major news I, I, uh, network. I'll, I'll do in the you world. one better. I'll do you one better.
2: I'll bring on JC Perez here from All Star Charts. That's and, fine, okay. And
4: JC. will give us a good perspective on this. I I
2: hope so. JC, good morning. How are we doing?
4: What's up, fellas?
2: Uh, what is your? That's about it. What is your mood this morning, JC?
5: Hold on, one at a time. What? Yeah.
2: What is your mood this morning?
5: What is my mood this morning?
2: Yes. Um, like, what am I looking at? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Just your. I mean, I as I I was saying earlier, it's like I'm feeling really down about the state of global affairs. I'm trying not to let that color my long-term view of of the market. So it's a, I'm walking a tightrope here. I'm just curious where just where your head is at emotionally.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, we've known each other for a long time. I don't know anything about global no, politics sure. or geopolitics. or I know less about wars. So, I I mean, I don't really have anything to say on that stuff. I agree. You guys can bring on smarter guests. For me, it's a price thing. You know, that's what we're looking at. Oil just hit 100 this morning. Rock and roll, baby. Uh, gold's breaking out. I mean, there's opportunities everywhere.
2: So, that's where you're looking, Commodities.
5: Well, it's not anything new, right? We've been on this train for a year and a half already. So when crude oil traded below zero, that was really the catalyst that sparked the next commodity super cycle. So we believed at the time, everything we've seen since then has really just confirmed that. We haven't seen any information, any data whatsoever that we're not in the early stages of a commodity super cycle. And what's great, the best part is, is that American investors are just not in energy. They own a ton of that crap growth and technology, which is fantastic, because that, I believe, is really one of the biggest catalysts for that unwind. American passive investors who bought into that passive investing scam, they don't own any natural resources. So I think we're just getting going. Wait. pain is just getting started.
2: Passive investing scam? Come on.
5: Yeah, because people are like, oh, I'm a passive investor because I own indexes. No, you're not a passive investor. You're an active investor. You're just letting the people at Dow Jones make the decisions for you in your activity, right? I mean, you got a point a here. Investor. You're to, don't don't so
3: point You've are just passing. that. got one point here. I was pretty pissed off when Tesla got added to the S&P because I never liked Tesla uh, at the valuation it was. And then they took around and boom, all of a sudden I own SPY and all of a sudden i boom, I own 7% Tesla. And I was like, I don't want to own Tesla, but I had no choice because they stuck it in the index on me. And obviously it worked out for a little bit here now, but it's not working out so great in the last three weeks here. So, I mean, uh, let's take it back to the commodities, though. I mean, you've been bullish commodities for a while, which is uh, a great call. How do you know, like, what time? at what point in time do you say, okay, this trade's worked, and, you know, when when do you ring the register? Like, on your winners, and this is just a good overall, you know, question for trading in general. When do you ring the register? Like, I'm always very good at entries. I always sell too early. When you ring the register on, you know, when you got it right.
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's all about time horizon. Like we've had trades, like we were in oxy, oxy warrants, right? So that wasn't like a long-term trade; that was a short-term trade. Last month, we put on Chevron leaps, uh, January 2024 Chevron leaps. We got them for 12 bucks, the 150 strike. So we have longer-term trends, shorter-term trends. But when you really zoom out and identify what the trend is, you know, I say this all the time. They say that you shouldn't kick someone when they're down. But the truth is, that's the best time to kick them when they're already down. And American passive investors that are getting crushed in their irresponsible exposure to growth and their lack of natural resource exposure, they're feeling the pain. I think it's time to step on them. I think the pain is really just getting going. This can last a while. So we want to continue to be long energy, short technology, and specifically From a risk reward standpoint which is what this is all about you look at a ratio of xle which is the energy sector index stocks versus xlk which is the technology sector index right tech stocks when you look at the ratio we are now back above those march 2000 lows and if you recall what happened off those march 2000 lows energy ripped relative to technology for years and we're in the same scenario. Yeah, so
2: so this is this is what you're talking about. You tweeted this yesterday, I think. Yeah. This is exactly what you're saying, the ratio mm-hmm. between the the energy sector and the technology sector.
5: Yeah. And what's great about it is that American investors just aren't in energy. If you look at the S&P 500, you have like 25% tech. You have 2% energy. If yeah. you own the NASDAQ 100, you have 0% energy. You have 0% basic materials. So well, the fact that American investors are just not in – in, they're not in the good stuff, and they own too much of the bad stuff. Like that's a serious unwind. That that and that that unwind takes a while. So I think there's still a ton Great of money to be made.
4: They see uh, you. You were also um, very bullish the the financials here, and um, I just want to know, you know, that was based on a rising interest rate environment. Um, you know, looking at the the financials here, what you know how along with being bullish you know the commodities you're also very bullish the financials here what give us the bullish scenario here for the financials if this impedes uh interest rates going up
5: right it's an interest rates uh trade is really what it is and it particularly just to be clear it's financials relative to the market and particularly regional banks that have that much more exposure to interest rates. But the energy trade is really the one that I think the unwind is just getting started because American investors do own financials. Like the S&P is like 15%. The Nasdaq has zero, but there is some exposure. It's the fact that that American investors have no exposure to energy that's more attractive. For me, the financials relative story is almost like a bond short, right? It's kind of like the same trade.
2: Mm. Uh, are, are these all banks or are you are looking like U.S.? Regional banks,
5: community banks, like yeah. look KRE relative to the rest of the market. Like that's sort, of, uh, that sort of our approach. Um, most of the bank stocks are kind of like in messy ranges, but a lot of stocks are in downtrend. So if we look at financials that are in messy ranges, that seems to be a better place to look. So, for example, yesterday we sold premium in financials trying to collect income because short term. Longer term, they're in uptrends, right? Breaking out of 14-year basis, it's a, it's a great trade. But short term, it's a mess. So we're in favor of selling volatility at these levels. Uh, that's worked pretty consistently.
2: What, what defines a messy range?
5: I mean, pull up a chart of uh, financials. I mean, we've gone, you know, it's just been chop, 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 chop yeah. for months. So what ends up happening is that those are traders getting chopped up, right? Traders trying to put on trend-following strategies in a market environment that is lacking a trend so traders complaining that they're getting chopped up there's somebody on the other side of that trade right collecting that income and we you know i wish that we we did this more we've done it a lot but obviously in hindsight anything that works you didn't do it enough anything that didn't work you did it too much right
2: um and then going going back to the commodities for a second um is that all commodities or is it just energy are you looking are we talking about metals or softs or grains or yeah
5: listen base metals grains softs and they've all been ripping like this is not anything new it's not like we woke up this morning and all of a sudden commodities have been rallying you know this has been going on for a year and a half or more so this is the only one that didn't work this whole time was gold like Every commodity in the world went up. Like, Jira futures in India, absolutely ripping. Palm oil futures in Malaysia, ripping. So it's really a commodity story globally across the board, except for gold. And then a funny thing happened last week. We got new all-time highs in gold priced in Japanese yen. And, you know, the argument is, well, JC, if you price anything in Japanese yen, it's going to look good. And while that might be true, uh, we don't just, um, you know, we just don't shy away from new all-time highs we're now getting new all-time highs in gold price and some other currencies, and I think the U.S. dollar is eventually coming. We're already back above the 2011 highs in gold. It's a Great trade, JC. What about
4: with um, you know the rising commodity prices? You know, where's there you know is there a point where this is going to put um, a severe crimp on uh, demand? And right now, limited supply, right? But there's a point where. Demand's just not going to be there. I mean, is that something that, you know, I mean, who can afford, you know, houses? Who can afford these different things? I mean, there is going to be a, is there ever going to be a point where, you know, the consumer says whatever, you know, and then that trade no no longer works? Do you have anything in your forecast for that?
5: Yeah, no. I mean, at a certain point, you're right. Uh, I have no idea when that day comes. Neither do you. Fortunately, nobody else does either. So we'll just let price dictate our actions as usual.
2: Uh, and then it, it just j- just to get a few tickers out of you I mean are, are you playing the the, the futures here or Are you like the the commodity based ETFs or like the 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 or like the trusts like like the the the, the GOD or the USO or do you go to the equity side go to some go to some miners go to some you know oil and gas stocks how do you play that
5: Yeah, I mean, listen, there's people that trade futures. I trade futures. Um, It depends on how you're looking to get exposure. Um, Some people are in tax-deferred vehicles. Others are in taxable vehicles. So, like, it really just depends on what your particular mandate is for that particular account. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Uh, Me, personally, I like the stocks. Uh, One of my favorites is, uh, is a West Dome. W-D-O-F-F, uh, West Dome, W-D-O-F-F. It's a Canadian $1.5 billion miner. Uh, if it's above 11, I like it long. We got a target of 20. Um, and then you got some others that are not breaking out yet, but are setting up things like Agnico Eagle, things like Newmont, they're certainly setting up. And then just from a pure gold perspective, if you want to own the futures, you want to own the ETF, I don't care, go nuts. Um, but we only want to be long gold, gold specifically the commodity, If it's above the 2011 highs, if it's not leave it alone, Uh, like the last 18 months, you've been better off not owning gold. If it's below those uh, uh, um, August uh, 2020 highs. Um, So if we're below that again, that remains constant, but if we're above that, I like it long. I think 2,500 is next.
2: All right. JC Pratt runs all star charts. You can follow him uh, there or on Twitter at all star charts. Uh, JC. It's always a pleasure, man. How Always a pleasure, fellas. Look Alrighty.
5: forward to uh, you know getting up to Detroit, getting some adult beverages, maybe. You know, maybe
3: Hey, well, Jason. I,
2: I don't recommend coming until like April because we are due for one more late season snowstorm. Yeah, I don't no know if it's shit, March.
5: Spencer. Everybody knows not to go to Detroit <laughs> in the middle of winter. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the heads up. Yeah, That's we, weather, we get weather. We get weather on the show, too. Yeah, the weather updates
3: Jason, not sugarcoat anything. <laughs> He's yeah, to the weather traffic.
5: Everybody knows. The word's gotten out. Uh, the winter in Detroit's brutal. We
3: know. All right. all right, all right. Thanks, thanks for that. Have a good one, JC. Later, guys. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Winter's uh, more I... brutal in Georgian Bay. I'll tell you that much. So I went from brutal winter of Detroit yeah, to no. more brutal winter of Georgian Bay. I'm a glutton for punishment in that way. Yeah. So I yeah, love, there's three feet of snow I, I, out there, I and it's JC. bitter I love color. JC. Okay,
2: um, well, let's do this. Uh, uh, we'll do a few more tickers on our radar, and then we'll go to the chat to see what's on your radar. I just wanted to mention. You know, on the theme of um not all stocks coming back, like you you look at his skills this morning, SK, <sighs> which is your my number one loser on my oh movers my tool down thirty-six percent. Uh it's down to two dollars this yeah. morning. Uh this thing was remember, this thing was forty-six dollars uh, a year ago. A year well, it was like fifty-five weeks ago. It was like thirteen months yeah, None of this um, stuff's
3: coming back, I don't think.
2: So like the question is. Is this is this the all-time low? Who the heck knows? No. But is it gonna but is it gonna go back to forty-six? Probably not.
3: It'd have to go two thousand percent to go back to forty-six. It's gotta yeah. go up two thousand percent. It's so much so difficult to get back. There we are, and, and we can clearly, you know, say that. We went through, and we are going through what they went through in 2000. The tech bubble burst, in a lot of stocks is what has exactly occurred in a lot of these overgrown, or, or these overvalued growth names. Yeah. And we've been talking about these names, obviously Kathy Wood. We've been talking about those for a long time. Um, these stocks are likely not coming back. In the case, and everybody wants to cite the Amazon from 2002, oh, the stock yeah. that came back, but they won't cite the 95 percent of stocks and I don't know if I don't have that number, but there was probably you know, a huge number of stocks that actually went to zero. And there is going to be a huge number of stocks here that are going to go to zero. So if you buy a stock at 40 or you buy it at two and it goes to zero, you lose the same amount of money. You'll lose all your money. So you have to be very careful just buying a stock at two because you think there's a possibility for it to go back to 40. So because for stocks every- go from 40 to two often i don't know this individual story and skills i'm picking on them but i'm just saying stocks go from 40 to two more often than not continue to go lower than going back to 40. so i think there's going to be a lot of stocks that are going to go to zero
2: for every amazon in the dot-com bubble there was was
3: nine pets.com well
2: i was gonna say well i wasn't gonna go nine but yeah there was there, no there was all right
3: it, it, you could easily say there was probably nine and and didn't and didn't make it or went was significantly lower
2: there were also call it two three or four microsofts that did come back but it took 15 years 15
3: years or, or intel and cisco that never came back yeah,
2: it's still trying everybody
3: what a great stock cisco is well if you bought this stock in 2000 20 years ago, at $80, you don't think it's a great stock at 54 So 20 years of investing has lost you 30% of your money. That's why you can't buy in bubbles. Well, You cannot not, do long-term investing in bubbles. You can buy in bubbles. You cannot do long-term investing
2: right. in bubbles. The, the, the caveat to that is the total return includes dividends, and I, that's helped a little bit. Value. Much.
3: Growth at a reasonable price. Make sure they have the capabilities to grow into those valuations. If the stocks aren't making money, there's it's hard to value them. It's hard I, to value I don't I don't know what the, don't make money.
2: I don't know what the total return of, of Cisco has been over the years. I'm sure it's it's better when when you account for the dividend. So I bet
3: you it's not. Cisco dividend has never been. You what know, do we got unsure. going on
4: here? Do we? Uh, um, it's while well, we're rallying,
3: we
1: are
4: chopping ears?
3: around. We're rallying a little. I mean, we're no, rallying twenty is... handles. We're still down ninety. So I mean, we're just chopping <laughs> around. Give it I tried to be positive,
4: Dennis. I
2: appreciate that, Joel. I appreciate
3: that.
4: Trying to be positive. I guess I, I the... think
3: JC made a lot of good points. I think there is the great unwind has been happening and you know I've tried to call the bottom a couple of times in some of these Kathy stocks. and I should just stay on the bear train, I guess, because you know it continues to break down and stocks making new lows, you gotta go. If you're owning a stock that's making a new low on the move, you're on the wrong side of the trade. So when they start making new lows on the move, you gotta go. If you got a spot, you can pick your point. JC's a momentum trader, he's going to be on you know the right side of the trade for the simple reason is that he's buying the strong and selling the weak. Kick them while they're down. I mean, that does work, um, it, and obviously, you know, it's a momentum-type market. That doesn't mean I'm, in, I'm initiating shorts here now on ARKK at $57. But, you know, into to rips, you maybe you're selling to try to lighten up again. And, you know, on the commodity trade, maybe you're buying dips to try to get exposure. But, again, I'm just not a huge, you know, I think we're, we're you know, energy is very much, you know, taking the beneficiary of, you know, potential war, Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Oil goes up in those periods as well, so it's a great time in the short run to own oil. I don't know in the long run. I don't know if anybody knows anything in the long run. Um, So, uh, We'll do some tickers from
2: the chat. Someone in the chat asked when are they closing. uh, Pedro asked when are they closing the ARC fund. They're not. OK, you do not close an ETF that has billions of dollars of assets. OK, so just get that idea out of your head because that is not. And the-
3: she's not going to blow out either. You got creation redemption here. So she's not going to There's not all of a sudden like she just runs out of money and that's yeah. it. That's the end. And she's got to sell everything. I mean, the, the, her investors the, are there. They want to redeem. She's got to sell stocks. And this is, you know, but it's not a matter of like getting Blown out here, and all of a sudden she's out of money, and she's got to sell every single stock. The
2: the largest Ark Fund ARKK has almost eleven billion dollars of assets in it. You do
3: a lot not, of money lost. You there. do
2: not close that. Yes, but you do not close that fund. So that's that's just. The, she's
3: going to stick with her, and it's her job, really. I mean, that's the mandate to buy growth. So she can't just all of a sudden, okay, well, we're switching over to an energy fund, and we're going to buy energy stocks. Well, that poses some interesting legal questions. Uh,
2: yeah she can't we're not unless she changes changes the mandate in which case she can so i don't know i I don't actually know the rules around that that's an interesting question um i want to go back it's
3: just about diversification and to jc's point you own the s and p own two percent energy i mean that really sucks you know and i own spy in the long-term account because you know what i'm a short-term trader and i'd like to do some long-term investing but the end, long-term investing for me is more passive you know i'm trying to benefit from an overall uptake and trying to beat the market by adding some stocks in there but overall joel you too i mean are you indexed long term well, i have a lot of long-term yeah. indexes yep. going
4: on yep i tried and, I, and because fun.
3: i don't have to beat the market long term really to you know i'm beating the market short term it's my job and jc's job to beat the market in the short term and to take advantage of you know to be a trader and to take advantage of those things but i mean it, and some people have to use their entire trading capital to trade with the entire money to trade with at a prop firm. I don't need to do that. So I have right. extra money because I'm using the bright trading capital. So I have access to the bright trading capital. I don't need all my money in my trading account because people say, well, if you're doing so well in your trading account, why don't you put more money in your trading account? Well, I'm not even using my own money. I'm using bright trading's money. So I don't need that capital. So I have capital to work with. What do I do with that? I invest that capital, but I'm not a full-time investor. I'm a full-time trader. So I can't actively manage my investment portfolio. I get a cool idea. Will I throw in a long-term portfolio? Sure. You know, will I buy on weakness in long-term portfolio? Sure. Will I try to, you know, take a Warren Buffett approach? That's how I approach it. And I try to approach growth at a reasonable price. But as a trader, I mean, you've got to be taking advantage of these individual moves. I mean in my day trading account, I'm hedged right now. And and thankfully so. If I was all long, I'd be getting killed right now. If you're all short, some days you know you're doing really well, but other days you're not. But I try to overall manage the risk by having equal longs, equal shorts, and extracting alpha from individual little strategies. But you I want everybody- to go back
4: yeah, I want to go back just uh, you know to the longer term S and P chart here just for a second, Dennis, because we you know we like you've talked we've talked about that March two twenty low, right? And you you and you you've said you know you just kind of that that was just like a false low right? I mean, we've talked about that. You said you've like, from a technical standpoint. So if we're going to look at it that way, right? And then let, let's let just call this a false high, right? The, the 4,800. I think, and I'm going back, you know, trying to give like a little bit longer term perspective in here. I mean, this... Until the geo, geopolit- who knows if the geopolitical situation is ever ever going to, uh, you know, what's going to happen with that? Yeah. But we got to establish, like, so if anything, I, as opposed to just crashing down. I mean, everyone's looking for a crash down, and we're going to thirty five hundred or back to forty eight hundred, and you know, new all time highs. You know, five ten years. I I think the investing environment for a while is in the best case scenario would be you know some kind of trading range
3: i think and i think that's what we said at the beginning of the year It's gonna be yeah. a lot of chop yeah it's been, it's been a lot of chop this year has been full of chop it's been straight down for a week but we've had a lot of chop do i think we're going to continue to like to go straight down here i don't think they're going to make it that easy on the shorts i think you're going to have some rip your face right. off rally you have already seen that. it's going to be and we and i think it continues even with all the negative headlines out of ukraine I mean, you got to think about the news flow. Okay, well, what's the next negative headline going to be? It could get a lot uglier. Could China go and invade Taiwan? Well, I mean, that's possible, too.
2: headlines about that this morning. That's possible.
3: So there's a lot of potential negative headline flow. But in the absence of negative headlines, there's going to be a lot of chop and there's going to be hope. And then, you know, the silver lining is maybe we're not getting as many interest rate hikes as we once thought. And that was the biggest concern for the market three weeks ago. So there's going to be rip your face off rallies. Don't think, oh, I'm going to short here at 412 SPY and just rake it in. I mean, there's you know there could be a rip your face off rally. I think you got to be selling the rips and buying the dips continuously. What did and I say? Uh... You got you can't be selling when we just dropped 20. You know, you can't be initiating shorts when we literally just dropped five percent on S and P in two days. What did I say a half hour ago? The 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 Fed funds futures market was pricing
2: an eighty six percent chance of a quarter point rate hike in March, and it's down to eighty two percent now. Yeah, so, so <laughs> can we
4: short that? Can we short? It? You yeah, can the Fed funds,
2: right? Fed funds futures. You can do what? you yeah, can. can do that. Yeah, wow. That. And then uh, someone in the chat asked a
3: while ago now uh, to explain why Bitcoin is down. Um, the risk asset. It has absolutely nothing you know, in it that makes us think it goes up when the market goes down and it's defensive. It is not digital gold. This is fool's gold in that way. Gold is going up right now wartime because it should. Bitcoin is positively correlated in the last two years since everybody got on the board. It is now a risk asset and is positively correlated with the Nasdaq. I don't know when that breaks. And people say, "Look to the history." Well, it doesn't matter the history because nobody talked about Bitcoin two years ago. Nobody was in it except for you know the the few people. It was it, it's been become a risk asset because there's so many people holding it now that are similar attributes of the growth train, the Bitcoin train. It's all that, so it's grouped into risk asset now. Nasdaq goes down, Bitcoin goes down. The correlations are now correlated. Is it going to break apart eventually? Maybe, but I can tell you right now, it's positively correlated. With the
2: Nasdaq, yeah, and I'll eat some crow on this one because I I was on the trend where, like, um, not totally convinced that over the long term, that Bitcoin is 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 uncorrelated. uh, It's the overall market, but you can't. ignore it's a it's a never ending uh, story here. Every
3: time uh, risk sells off, Bitcoin goes with it. So in the last year, and I know Shizzy's saying I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm saying on price. I don't know anything about the fundamentals of Bitcoin. I am telling you, and they say, why is this Dennis guy talking rubbish? People don't want to hear anything okay. bad. They, they want to hear that Bitcoin thing. is going up no matter what. Maybe it is, but I will tell you in the last year, there it, can we bring up a chart? Can we bring up a chart to prove my point it, on Bitcoin it, it's, it's and it. the NASDAQ? Can we bring up a chart and put those two wow. on the same chart? Spencer, uh, you can I, do I, it.
2: I got it. I got you. Give me, Give me like 10 seconds.
3: I'm trying to make a point that is positively correlated. And that point in the last year is absolutely true. And two years ago, three years ago, maybe not. But because the, the holder, the hodlers, have turned to a lot of retail, a lot of you know story-driven, um, it, it's, it's now become positively correlated. Is it going to break down and change in the future? It might. Maybe it's not long, long-term positively correlated. I don't know. I don't know in the long term anything. But I know in the short term, right now, if – the stocks are going down if nasdaq's going down bitcoin is highly likely to go down right.
2: with so I, I'm, I'm going back here arbitrarily what is this this is since uh all right november 2020 sure uh whatever
3: you, you can't up? tell because there's so much volatility on that chart, but you can clearly well, see no
2: here but you, you 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 can see the correlation you can see it uh it, it, uh,
3: you know bitcoin... up 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 and it's it's obviously it's beta is way more so you're going to see sure. it way higher but you can see It's hard because it's beta is like four times the Qs. So when you're looking at it, but you can clearly see the overall trend. It's just four times more volatile. So you multiply it by that effect. But you can see, yeah, clearly going up, up, up for 2020, 2021, up, up, up. 2021, January, we topped out right around the same time, February or so. And then we've been straight down with the NASDAQ and then continuing Mm -hmm. to go down. Definitely correlated. Yeah. So it's not expected that Bitcoin is going to go up when the markets are going down. It's expected that actually Bitcoin is going to go down with it. It is now a risk asset. Will it decouple in the future? It might. But as of this time, it is positively correlated with the NASDAQ.
4: All right. I'm going to let you guys uh, take it from here. I'm going to go cover uh, some symbols. And and again, I'm not making a
3: call on whether Bitcoin is going up or down. People freaking hate it when you say anything negative about what they own. I'm not even saying anything negative. I'm saying it's positively correlated. I don't want a little bit of bitcoin cuz I don't know long term what the hell is going to happen with it. I have a little 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 piece. Did I make the piece smaller before at 50,000? Yes. Was I right to sell at 50,000? Absolutely. I can rebuy today at 33. So, who knows? But people just you know, it's take it so personally. And this is why this job as talking, you know, sometimes I just feel like I shouldn't even do it because, you know, like the Peloton thing. When I had the tweet about Peloton and I said I'd be taking the profits into those Amazon rumors that nobody's coming to buy Peloton, the thing went from, I said it at 35, the stock went to 40, and everybody said how stupid I am that, of course, it's going to get bought. There was 550 comments to me on Twitter, 550 people took the time out to comment to me to tell me how wrong I was because the stock went up for the next two days. It's $25 now. Nobody's come to buy them yet, but nobody's going to say to me, hey, you were right on that one. So everybody, 90% of people will point out when you're wrong, and 90% of people say nothing when you're right. It's a tough job, and everybody on CNBC, think about that with Jim Cramer when you're giving him heat all the time. And yeah, he's wrong a lot of times, and I give him heat too. It's a tough job because... There is some good people out there that will acknowledge when you're right, but for the most part, people just uh, like poking you, fun at you. When you you're should wrong. you should want
2: you should want someone to give you the opposite opinion. I, I oh I love it when people disagree with me because it makes me consider the other point of view. Makes you feel convicted in your
3: opinion because the majority of people are usually wrong. No, I want people to tell me why I'm wrong all the time. Sure, all the time it makes I you do. think it through. Mitch was yeah. great yesterday. And you know what? And he had me thinking. And Mitch probably saved me some money yesterday because even at the end of the show, I'm like, you're right. I'm going and breaking all the rules here. And I got punished for breaking the rules. Yeah. And you know what? I'll admit, I was absolutely wrong trying to call a bottom, feeling that, hey, the futures are responding pretty well to this. And I absolutely was wrong on that stuff. Mitch was absolutely right. (laughs) You know, it's a great Real quick, uh, just to add to that, Dennis, 100%. I,
2: I don't even care that I was right that oil was going up. I cares so much more that i was warning about trying to call tops and bottoms
3: yeah you, you saw me going against something that i preach all the time and we all get caught up mitch just ran away but we all get caught up sometimes yeah, and you want right. to be a hero and you're like i've embarrassed kathy wood and you know if you've been listening to this show i've embarrassed you know this for a, a year you know and saying it's going lower lower so i want to be a hero and try to call the bottom I'm wrong and you know what i lost two percent on arkk i bought it i lost two percent i moved on Um, and that's what you got to do. You got to cut those losers because as soon as it started breaking down, it's like, okay, it's not working. And you know what? You can be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. People, it is okay to be wrong. It is not okay to stay wrong. That is where people, you know, really lose a lot of money trading is that they will not admit that they are wrong and they will hold the stock to the grave because eventually it's going to come back and eventually you are left with a portfolio of losers. It's inevitable. The only thing I can guarantee you in the trading world, is that if you are unwilling to take a loss, you will eventually be have a portfolio of losers because you're always selling your winners and selling your winners, and you're inevitably going to get a stock in a stock eventually that doesn't come back. But you refuse to sell it, yeah. so it continues right. to leak, and it doesn't come back. And then we see this again and again and again. In you know, in the prop trading world, you see people come in, and they've never taken a loser before. If you have somebody that says, I've never had a losing trade before, I hear this, You won't believe this. I've never had a losing trade before. Because you You won't take the losers. And you know what? At the at the 2000 in February of 2021, and, and I looked at my portfolio and I had 100 stocks in there and 97 of them were higher. I'm like, this is not normal. It's not normal for everybody to oh, no. just be making money like this. And that was the top. That was the top of all that stuff. And that I, have, was... I have losers every day. Yeah. I have losers right now. I had losers yesterday. I'm going to have losers today, but you know what? I'm going to take those losers, and I'm going to move on because it's not about what you make. It's about what you lose that will define you, whether you can make it as a career as a trader, and then I'm done.
2: All right, and welcome to – this has been uh, Dennis's TED Talk. Thank you for that, Dennis. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> take we,
3: the five minutes and make it a TED Talk. There you
2: yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> uh this TED Talk. All right, uh, let me bring on Peter. Talk. Oh, I just lost Peter. Damn it. I had Peter here. Ah, all right, let me see if we can get Peter back here in one second. Ah, i he was coming to us live from the, from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I, I really wanted to hear what he had to say. I just saw him there, and then I lost him. And now he's back. He's trying to get back. All right, Peter, I got you. I'm bringing you on. Give me some acknowledgement that you can hear me. Oh, wait, he's not from the – he's not – Peter, you got me? I'm bringing you on, man. All right, we're we're doing it. Peter? Peter? Oh, God. All right, that didn't work. (laughs) Peter? Peter, do you hear me? All right, this ain't working. All right, we're going to have to call it a day, I think. Oh, he says he can't hear me. He can't hear me. Can you hear me now? I feel like I'm in a commercial. He's gone. All right. That's that he's in his car and then whatever. let just wrap it up guys. That was a nice uh, fun way to end the show today. Uh, all right. Uh, as I always say at the end of every show, um, please remember that all the information on this show and all of our shows are meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, you know, everyone, there are days when there are more important things than the stock market, and this is one of those days. Uh, so uh, we will keep doing our normal shows today. Live trading coming up next. Benzinga Live after that. The Roadmap after that. At the Close after that. Um, and I'll try to stay positive here uh, and not forget the fact that uh, the S&P 500, broadly speaking, not broadly not probably speaking. It does. It does come back, uh, and I, I do believe this too shall pass. But uh, it's hard to see that when, when you're right in the thick of the storm. So uh, that being said, I'm going to hop off live trading with Benzinga is coming up uh, live right now. The stream will end or redirect. To Ryan, need, and Mitch trading through the open. Uh, if you want to smash that like, I'd appreciate that. If you want to subscribe and become a, a member on Benzinga's YouTube account, you can do that by clicking the join button right there on our homepage. If you want a discount to Benzinga Pro, a 25% discount, click on the link in the description. It's also on the screen right there, uh, but it's in, the, it's in the description of this video uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch, on Twitter, and even on LinkedIn now. Um, Whoa, Peter's back now. Peter, can you hear me? Peter? Can you hear me? Hey! Welcome. What's up? You know, neither rain nor snow will keep me from Benzinga, guys. All right. Well, we we, we got like a minute left here, Peter. So just give us your quick thoughts on on the market's reaction here to the uh, developments overnight. All right, and that's that's an omen, I think. That, that that That's about as good a way to end this show, I think, <laughs> as we can. <laughs> I'm calling it. I'm calling it, Peter. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. Everyone live trading with Ben Zinga coming up live right now. Uh, we'll, we'll catch Peter again next week. Um, have a good one, I guess. Stay green and stay safe, everyone.